0: This is Pastor Devin, and I just want to say thanks for joining us, and I hope and pray that this message is an encouragement to your life today. Okay, let's uh, start. Week number two here, um, the series is The Blessed Life. Uh, if you missed last week, uh, you can check that out. I believe uh, in the next uh, week or so, they'll be having that online. Uh, the sermons are, are available to you, and, and even if you want to pick up some of the messages from the previous weeks, I think they have those available. Uh, last week... We started part one of The Blessed Life. We considered this thought, right? That grateful people are generous people who are in turn blessed people, right? Okay, this idea that people that have a spirit of gratitude, uh, that look at life through the lens of of being grateful, those type of people tend to be more generous with the lives that they lead and live. Uh, Beyond that, uh, we talked about this uh, principle of firsts. Um, just a side note, you know, generosity is one of our core values here at Connect. We just uh, hold fast and believe that Christians should be the most generous people uh, in the world. Uh, which also means that the church, if Christians should be generous, and the church is filled with Christians, then the church should be the most generous entity on the planet. Um, that's why we, we just hold fast. You know, uh, Someone was talking to me earlier about um, the messages that are available out there at the Connection Center. And I said, well, just go back there and take one. And they said, well, who do I? I said, no, 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 you, you go t- take. One of the things that we, we just commit to, we, we commit to, to not charging people for the things that they've already paid for. You think about that, right? The, those CDs out there in the back are provided by you, supported by you, and it's recording a service that you facilitated. Uh, the last thing I'm going to do is charge you for what you've already paid for. Um, have all the coffee you want. It's your coffee. Yeah, drink all the coffee you want. So we, just, we don't charge people for the things that they already paid for. So, you know, it's a side note. The church should be the most generous entity in the world if it's filled with Christians who should be the most generous people in the world, okay? Um, and then we talked about the principle of first, the uh, first things First, the principle of firstborn, uh, redeemed or sacrificed. The the principle of first fruits, offering our best first, and then the principle of the tithe, being first. And the reality that if you put God first in your finances, it will begin to spill over into every other area of your life. Which really, beyond a money thing, uh, comes down to a posture of your heart. Is in your heart, is God first. And so that's what we talked about last week. In this uh, next week here today, we're in part two, we're going to look at the principle of multiplication. So last week was the principle of firsts, first things first. This week, the principle of multiplication, we're going to look at six verses, a short passage, a very familiar passage to all of us. Luke chapter nine, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. If you have your phones, you version, Bible gateway, whatever you use, or it'll be on the screens for you as well. Luke chapter nine, verse 12, and when the day began to wear away, The twelve came, and they said to him, Send the multitude away, that they may go into the surrounding towns and country and lodge, and get provisions, for we are in a deserted place here. But he said to them, You give them something to eat. And they said, Well, we have no more than five loaves and two fish, unless we go and buy food for all these people. For there were about five thousand men. Then he said to his disciples, Make them sit down in groups of fifty, And they did so and made them all sit down. Then he took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he blessed and he broke them and gave them to the disciples to set before the multitude. Verse 17, so they all ate and were filled, and twelve baskets of the leftover fragments were taken up by them. This morning, I want to take a look at this very familiar uh, passage, this text, and try to put it in, in our context, in modern day Uh, So often we read scripture and think of it in that that context, and and it's hard to apply it. Uh, That's going to require some imagination and some willingness on our part to to put ourselves in their shoes this morning. Um, But if you were one of the disciples uh, there on that day, this was happening to you. Uh, The Bible says there were about 5,000 men there. That was the way they counted a crowd in those days. In other words... There were 5,000 men, but in essence what they were saying was there were 5,000 families or 5,000 heads of households. Um, So when you consider wives, women, children, uh, they were conservatively 15, upwards of 20,000 people uh, that have gathered. That's a fairly decent-sized crowd. Now let's pretend. You're one of the disciples, and Jesus has been traveling from town to town. He's been holding some good meetings. Some wonderful things have been happening. People have been getting healed, delivered, uh, even raised from the dead. And now they've invited Jesus to be the guest evangelist into a new city. And you and the entourage, the other eleven, get to go with Jesus to the new city. And He's doing these wonderful teachings. Everything is, is wonderful. Uh, and maybe maybe you even uh, had some marketing efforts, and um, you had the the largest crowd that you guys have ever experienced up to this point show up. You've done some advertising. And 20,000 people show up for this event. Luke chapter 9, verse 12 says this. And when the day began to wear away, Uh, in other words, towards the end of the day, you've been there all day. Uh, I I want you to think about this. They bring Jesus in as the guest speaker. You have the biggest crowd you've ever had. And at 12 o'clock, He's still preaching. 12:30, still preaching. One o'clock. Now, guys, you've missed the first part of the first game. You're trying to deal with that. You're checking your fantasy football on your phone because you got a couple guys playing. You want to know how they're doing? You can't watch them on the TV. Two o'clock, still preaching. Three o'clock, now you're missing the front end of the second game. Um this is what the Bible. Four o'clock, five o'clock. How many would like it if we were still sitting here? Five, six o'clock. No one's that good, except Jesus. Five, six o'clock. They've been there the entire day. So you're one of the disciples, and as we quite often do when we're in these types of situations, we form some kind of committee. Uh, there's got to be a couple, three or four OCD disciples that are saying this is way past time. What are we going to do? This is unbelievable. Uh, I mean, mean, it's good. Jesus is pretty good, but I'm starving. And um, we've been here all day, and I'm about to starve to death. Again, no McDonald's, no Arby's, no Panera, no Krispy Kreme. You are in, the Bible says, in a deserted place, stuck with 20,000 other people listening uh, to Jesus. So three or four of you come together, and you say, How are we going to get him to uh, stop? And uh, one of them says, well, I I got an idea. Let's blame it on the people. That's a good idea. Let's tell him that the people are getting hungry. That's a good idea. That's good. We'll we'll deflect, and we'll, we'll let him know that the people are getting tired, the people are getting hungry. So imagine this. Of course, they nominate you to be the spokesperson, right? You are now the spokesperson for the disciples. And you approach Jesus. How would you like to be the one to interrupt Jesus? You interrupt Jesus. He's teaching for 20,000 people. You make your way. Excuse me. I'm, uh, sorry, just a, just a moment with the master. Just a second. Uh, Lord, boy, this is amazing. This is oh, just wonderful teaching. Uh, we're really getting ministered to. Um, but uh, I, I, think the, I think the people, you know, the guys, we, we could sit and listen to this all day. I personally, this is wonderful. I... This is feeding my soul. I could listen to this. Up, but the, but I, I think the people, uh, we think the people are starting to get a little tired. Um, and it might be good um, if we just maybe break or maybe even dismiss. Um, again, the people, I think the people are tired. I think they're hungry. And, and maybe, maybe we could just, you know, look at verse 13. Jesus, Luke 9, 13. But he said to them, you give them something to eat. Now, think about this. Sometimes we just read the Bible, we don't really think about this. Put yourself in their shoes. There's 20,000 people there. He's saying, Lord, the people are hungry, maybe we should dismiss. We wanna... And Jesus says, you think they're hungry? Yeah, really, uh, the people really really are hungry. Well, then give them something to eat. Uh, uh, come again? I'm sorry? One, one more time. I, I said, you think the people are hungry? Go ahead and, and feed the people. So, of course, now you have to go report back to the committee, right? You have to go give them the report of how that conversation went with with the Lord, and uh, you get back and they say, "Well, how, how'd, that, how'd that go? Did you, did you tell him that the people were hungry? Yeah, I told him that people are hungry and, and tired. Well, what did he say? Peter, you know, Peter's not very uh, patient. What did he say? Uh, he said um, to feed the people. What? What, what did he say? He, he said, uh, you, you feed the people. What? What, what are you, you talking, you told him to dismiss the service, right? People are tired, people are hungry. No, he said, he said to go give them something to eat. And then, of course, you see a young little boy with his little long John silver snack pack, and you grab it from him, and you push him on his way and say, go on. And you look in his little snack box, and you see two fish and five rolls. If you're anything like our kids, you want extra bread. You want more rolls. Uh, We have to convince our kids to eat the food so they can have bread, right? If you eat this, you can have a roll. This kid wanted extra rolls. He's got five rolls, two fish. And now, what do we do? This is all we got. He's told us to feed the people. We have two fish and five rolls. Now, I don't know if you've thought about this. We're talking about 12 guys with 20,000 people. This is Bridgestone Arena with no mics, no amplification. Uh, You know, there's 100 folks here this morning, and we still need a mic. Uh, 20,000. Think about this. And so now they say, well, that blaming the people didn't work. We got two fish and five rolls. Okay, well, just tell him it's all we can get. Just tell him. I mean, we we tried. We stole a boy's lunch and we tried our best, God. And let's let's see what he see what he says to that. I, I don't know. And so, of course, you have to go back now to the Lord and say, um, I'm, I'm I'm sorry. Um, just a second. The Lord here, uh, Lord, I, I know you. Uh, you, uh, you know, said for us to, uh, you know, feed, feed the people, and we, uh, we, uh, we, we got this. We, we have uh, two, two fish and uh, five rolls. And He says, uh, "Have them sit in groups of 50. Uh, no, I, I said, um, "We, Lord, I we have, we have two fish and uh, and f- five, five rolls." Yeah, have, have them sit in groups of fifty. Oh. All right. We'll do that. So now you've got to go back to the committee, right? you got to go back to the... Peter, what do you... Well, okay, did you tell him this is all we got? He's got to shut this thing down. People are angry. Uh, you need to... Uh, he's, he, um, he's not uh, going to stop. He, he said uh, we need to have him sit in groups of 50. What? Have him sit in groups of 50. Okay, think about this. 20,000 people. No mics no amplification, you're talking about 400 groups of 50 people by 12 guys. Uh, I, I don't know if you've ever had to direct or lead something, but um, people don't do just what you ask them to do. So, I, You know, side note, church people sometimes are the worst. So, they, you know, you're just assuming that you're going to go to these people and say, hey, uh, we need, to, excuse me, guys, yeah, we're going to, uh, groups of 50. Yeah, fi, no, fi, 50. Five, five's 50. No, they're not just going to do what you need them to do. What, what are they, they're going to ask questions, right? Because that's what people do. I don't, I don't know these people over I don't want to be in there. Can I be in this group over here? Hey, how about groups of 25? Can we do 25 instead? I'm hungry. I, we need you to get in groups of 50. Now, they finally get that accomplished somehow. I don't know how. The Bible, master of understatement. They get them in groups of 50. Now, at this point, I think, I personally think this, I think the disciples have figured it out. I think they, they know that Jesus is up to something. They, they've been passed down through time, through oral storying, uh, scriptures, and they've been told the story of Elisha feeding 100 men with 12 loaves. There's a story earlier on. And so I, I think they're thinking, well, Elisha was a prophet. This is the son of God. We've seen him heal people. We've seen him raise people to life. He's a coin out of fish's mouth. I mean, this, is, this guy is pretty impressive. I think, he's gonna, I think they've, they're thinking he's going to do something really special. The only problem is that's not how it happened. Uh, that's not the way that it was going to happen. We missed this. I want you to notice, you go back, they've gone up to Jesus. Now, Lord, we, um, we've got them in, uh, in uh, groups of 50 now. And we, we were able to do that. And, uh, and so we, we have um, these uh, two, two fish and five loaves. And you're, you're probably going to pray over it, right? He's going to pray over it. Watch this. He's going to pray. Uh, you're going to pray over it. Yeah, yes, I'm going to pray for it. So they bring it to Jesus and, Look at this, Luke chapter 9, verse 16. Then he, then he took the five loaves and the two fish. And looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke them. And he gave them to the disciples to set before the multitude. Now think about this. You, you go up to Jesus, you've given him one of the roles to bless. Because he's obviously going to do something really spectacular. And Jesus takes the role from you. He looks up. To heaven, He says, Father, bless it. He breaks it into two pieces, gives you back half of what you gave to him. It's getting smaller than what you gave to him. It's supposed to be getting bigger is what you're thinking. He hands you back half of what you gave to him. He gives you that half and he says, Now, um, go give that out to the people. Uh, I'll give you another roll for you to bless. Maybe you can bless that one too. Can you hand me that one? Uh, Give me the next roll. Is there another prayer? Is there another blessing? Coming? No, 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 i I blessed it. Go ahead, uh, give it to the people. Don't miss this. They give it to the Lord first. He blesses it. He gives it back to them. It has not multiplied yet. And he says, now go give it away. Now, how many know that took faith? They're in groups of 50 now. Uh, Think about this. Groups of fifty, uh, and he goes down. Groups of fifty, right? Okay, Dad, take a small piece. Take a small piece. Groups of fifty. This is a, okay. Just take a small piece. Yeah. Small, small piece. Small piece. Small. You take a small, small piece. Small piece. <laughs> I said small, small, small piece. Right? It gets to the end of the fifty, and it multiplies right in his hands. And he gets to the end of that 50, and he goes, hey, would you you like more than a small piece? Would you like more? Don't miss this. This is what we missed. The miracle didn't happen in the master's hands. But the miracle happened in the hands of the disciples. But it didn't happen until they gave it away. It wasn't multiplied until they gave it away. Um. Now, Jesus blessed it, and of course, he performed the miracle, but it required the faith of the disciples being willing to give it away for the miracle to be put in action. The miracle wasn't enacted until they gave it away. That's what we miss. These, are the, these right here are the two principles that I want us to get today of multiplication. Two principles. It has to be given to the Lord First, it has to be blessed before it can multiply. It has to be blessed by him first. And the only way that it's blessed is if we give it to God. That's why so many people never see their finances multiply, because it's exactly what we talked about last week. They don't give it first, because it's the first portion that's blessed that then blesses the rest so everything they have isn't blessed because they don't give their first. So first principle, it has to be blessed. I've, I've had people say, I've given, I've tried the tithing thing before. I've never experienced God's blessing. If you're not giving it first, it's not blessed. And they gave it to the Lord first. The first portion has the ability to redeem the rest. So that's the, the first principle of multiplication. It has to be given to the Lord first so that He can bless it before it can be multiplied. Second principle is this. It has to be given away before it can multiply. Beyond the first portion being blessed, in order for it to multiply, we give over and above. We give it away. Beyond your tithe, we give to missions, endeavors. We give to those in need. We give out. We give over and above our, tithe, our offerings. That's what this is called. And that's when we start to see multiplication. Uh, Two things. If the disciples had never given it to the Lord, they would have never been blessed and multiplied. Secondly, if they would have just eaten it, even after it had been blessed, it would not have been multiplied. Think about that. See, that's the problem. Many people have said, I've tried tithing for years. I've never experienced God's abundant blessing or seen this multiplication thing that you preachers talk about. Two questions. Did you give it first before anything else? And have you given above and beyond that tithe? Often, instead what we do is we eat what's been blessed. What's been blessed they take for themselves. It has the potential to be multiplied, but you never give it away. Tithing and giving are two different things. Now, I realize, I realize, I really do understand, I'm pushing some of you, uh, and it's not comfortable. I realize that I'm presenting ideas and thoughts that may be very uncomfortable, totally new territory for you. Uh, But I'm going to stretch you. You may feel like Gumby now, but I'm going to stretch you even more with this thought. I personally don't believe that tithing is giving. Just let that settle for a little bit. Because the tithe belongs to God. Now, let me give you an example of that. Let's, let's say your car's in the shop. I was just talking to Brooke this morning. She's fine, trying to find a new car. At least and Caleb have just gone through the painstaking process of finding it. It's not easy to find a new car. And... Your car's in the shop. You're trying to look for a new one. I said, well, I, you, just take my car for the week. Take my car, and before you get a new one, just drive that around, and when, you, you know, when you're done finding the car, uh, call me. And when you get done with the week, you get your, your car back, you come back to me, and you say, uh, boy, Devin, I really, I, I really do appreciate you. I, uh, I love you so much, and thankful for your friendship, and, and I'd like to give you the keys to this car? I go, uh, to my car? You mean the car, the car that I let you borrow? You're giving me the keys to... Yeah, I would like to bless you with, with, with those keys to your car. That's What, what are you talking about? That's, that's my... You borrowed my car. That's, you're giving the keys back to my car, and you're acting as if you're giving me a gift? Think about this. Lord... I'm going to give you my tithe. No. I'm going to return to Him what already belongs to Him. It's His. Last week, when we talked about putting God first and giving your tithe first, I I know that's stretching you. Um, Tithing is returning. Giving more than that, above and beyond the tithe, is actually when you start giving. I know that's, that's, that's hard. Tithing is returning. Giving actually starts after the tithe. Matthew chapter 25, you don't have to turn there. Parable of the talents. You guys are very familiar with the story. Jesus tells this story. He gives a man five talents. He gives another one two talents and another one one talent. And he goes away for some time. When he returns, the man that was given five talents returns not only the five talents of his that he gave him to begin with, but an additional five. The man that was given two talents comes back to the master, gives him the two that he was originally given, and two additional more. And then you remember the one guy that was given one talent, What's he do? He actually just returns the one that was already his and was given to him. Think about this. When we talk about tithing, returning, The one that had the five and returned five more. And the one that had two and returned two more. What what does he say to him? Well done, good and faithful servant. But for the one that said, I'm returning to you what's already yours, but I I don't have anything additional. Remember what Jesus said? He said, uh, you wicked and lazy servant. All you gave to me was what was already mine. Now, uh, I don't know a lot of pastors that call tithers wicked and lazy servants. And that's not what I'm calling you. But listen. And listen, if you're not a tither, I know, man, this is stretching you. I understand that. I would love for you to start with tithing. That would be an incredible first step of faith. I understand that. But let me tell you something. If you will ever start truly tithing, you will start giving too. You will. Because if you start tithing, you start to see how the enemy is being rebuked in your life and how God is opening up the windows of blessing on you. You'll begin to give over and above that. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about tithing, returning to God what's already his, and giving to God over and above that. My pastor, growing up, when we would take uh, special offerings, when we would receive an offering for an additional project, a missionary comes in, or a building project is taking place, or just a need within the body. He would say sometimes, he would say, I want you to reach into the wallet or the purse of the person sitting in front of you, and I want you to give like you've always wanted to give. <laughs> give, give like you've always wanted to give. Uh, well, you can give someone else's money away. Isn't that easy. That's easy. Uh, it's hard to give your own. I want you to think about that. Think about this. Everything I have is the Lord's. Everything. And if the Lord says, Devin, I want you to give $100 to, to that missions project, I say, okay, Lord. It's, yours. it's not mine. You see? We have a problem when we start thinking that it's ours. It's harder to give away when we Perceive it as being ours. That's when we have the struggle. But if we can keep in focus that it's all his, we hold more loosely to it. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about where God does a work in your heart. And we begin to think about and say, it's all God's. It's not just the tide that belongs to you. It's all you Everything I have came from you. It's all yours. You can have it any time you want. One of the greatest things, listen, one of the greatest things you will ever experience is when you can give when God tells you to give. That is fun. I promise you. On one hand. We'll say. The money I have in the bank is, is all yours God. And then we do everything in our power to keep it there. Uh, and you may be thinking. Well. It's easy for you to say. Of course you want us to tithe. Hey, by the way. We as a church tithe. Tithe. I think it's important for you to know that core value of generosity isn't just in giving of CDs and, you know, coffee. Uh, we tithe as a church. So any, any resource or finances that comes into this body, 10% of that goes out automatically um, because the tithe belongs to God, first and foremost, um, You know, a little bit of our story. You know, Ashley and I, we moved here in uh, 19... I moved here in 1995. Uh, We got married in 1996. And we were um, what you call poor. Uh, Actually, really poor. And uh, I was traveling in ministry. She was in school full-time. I was working temporary jobs Monday through Friday. I was unloading tractor-trailer trucks and working on assembly lines working in warehouses, third shift Monday through Friday, and then Saturday I'd go out and do ministry and just live the dream. Right? Then I'd come back Monday and go back to my third shift thing. Uh, our, first, uh, our first town home, we a little apartment there in Antioch. Section 8 housing. Those of you that don't know what Section 8 housing is, that's where you have to prove how much money you don't make to live there, which was very easy for us to do. They I remember we slide the paper across and they go, Okay, what else do you have? And we go, that's uh, that's it. Uh uh I tell you what never what, what we never stopped doing. Tithing. Never. It's it's not optional. Uh, and we live today in the blessing of the choices we made as nineteen and twenty year old kids. 20 years later, Um, you know, there are what I would consider three levels of giving. Of course, tithing, I don't even consider to be giving, that's just returning anyway. So uh, you may call it a level of giving, and for me, that's just returning. Um, Secondly, there are offerings that are above and beyond uh, your tithe. And then finally, there are those extravagant gifts extravagant giving, what I, what I call painful offerings. Those are the ones that when you hear God drop into your heart what He wants you to do, you go, that can't be you, God. That's not, that's get thee behind me. That's not you. Uh, those are painful offerings. That's extravagant giving. Let me just tell you, when you step out in, in faith and beyond tithing, you start to give, it's one of the most fulfilling things you will ever do. I promise you, But it will also stretch you. Um, Long before Ashley and I ever thought that we would lead and pastor a church, God helped us put some principles in our lives. Tithing was one of them. Uh, Getting out of debt. Not living in a place of debt was another. Um, I'll tell you another principle. Not manipulating people for money. We just don't do that. We, what do we say here? We just say, I want you, don't ask me what you're supposed to give. Ask God. And then just do what he tells you to do. Um, have a savings account. These are just simple principles that we started as kids. And, you know, we've had experiences through the years um, where God has pushed us, prompted us to painful offerings. I remember several years ago, we were, I was traveling full-time, I was traveling 45, 50 weekends a year, ministering in churches all over the states, going overseas a couple times a year, and, um, extremely busy. But God was um, starting to really bless us. And uh, we were at an event for an organization that we had been supporting, a missions organization that we had been supporting above and beyond our tithe. And the year prior, um, we had given what we thought was a substantial, it was a, what we thought was a painful offering. And the year prior, we'd given to us, was an exorbitant amount of money, was $5,000. Over that year, we'd given $5,000 to this ministry, which was a, a lot, still a lot of money. And so we were going into the next year, and um, we were praying, and uh, I don't know how this works for you married folks. You know, there have been moments in throughout our married life where uh, either one of us could have pushed and forced our own way, or we could allow God and the Spirit of God to do that work in that person individually, and we could still stay married. Um, so before the, before the gathering, I, in my time of prayer before the meeting, I thought I heard the Lord say $10,000. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, uh, okay, uh, I mean, and I prayed about that for a couple, and I thought, I thought that's what I heard the Lord saying. And I thought, I'm going to keep that to myself. Um, I think mean, that's a good place for that to stay. Right here with me. It's you and me, God. We're in this together. You and me, buddy. Uh, now, Ashley at the time, because I was traveling all the time, she was involved in our day-to-day budgeting, writing the bills. She knew exactly to the penny how much money was in there. I couldn't tell you at any given moment, you know. She knows exactly. So before the gathering, she said, "I think we can do. I think we can do seventy-five hundred dollars, which was still, you know, we did five thousand the year before. So that was a big deal." She said, "I think we can do 7500 I said, oh, "And I didn't say anything. Didn't say anything. Uh, you, that's our little secret. God, we'll keep that on the back. Maybe that was for uh, a few years down the road. Maybe that was a prophecy in my life. I don't know." That was, <laughs> Someday you'll, give, I did, someday you'll give that amount of money, total, not once. Uh, we, got in the, we got into the meeting, and you know, I don't know if you've ever been to these types of gatherings. You're going to fill out a card and pray over it and submit it. Right before we, uh, we were filling out that like card, Ashley leaned over to me, and she said, I think we're supposed to give 10000 oh, I could have. Listen. I could have earlier on, as soon as I heard that from God, gone to her and said, "This is what we're doing. Be quiet and submit, woman." <laughs> How you know that would well, that would have worked out real well? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I wanted to be, but I wanted to be sleeping with my wife in the same bed, so I decided not to do that. Um, this is what I'm saying, guys, you ask God. You ask God. He'll he'll talk to you, he'll speak to you. Um, you know, we ended up by God's grace being able to do that. Uh, the next year, um, my my income, what what came into our household the next year was more than double what it was the year before. Now, you can call it coincidence, fine. You can call it happen chance. I know what I'm calling it. I'm calling it the principle of multiplication because multiplication happens. When it's first blessed by him, you give it first, and then you give above and beyond that. I hear stories about people saying that God told them to give and then they didn't have enough money to pay their bills. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about having sound financial biblical principles in your life so that when God prompts you, To give or to respond to a need above and beyond your tithe, you can do it without putting your family out. That's what I'm talking about. Now, that takes some wisdom and some planning. How many know? Listen to me. I said giving, not tithing. Uh, There were also times when we would look at our bills and think, certainly the Lord will understand if we just go ahead and take care of that, and then we'll, and we would choose. No? And randomly, money would, Uh, it's just, and then we'd get to the end of the year and we'd look at the documents and our giving statements and we'd go, that doesn't even make sense. How many have ever had that experience? You look at the end of the year and you go, that doesn't even add up. Why? Because God's economy doesn't work on our system. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not ours. His ways are higher than ours. Tithing is a given. It's returning. It's our responsibility as believers. But giving... Giving is, is different because you have an opportunity to respond. You know, there is such a thing as the gift of giving. Some of you have it. Some of you have been blessed with the gift of giving. Listen, you'll never be able to give like you want to give until your finances are in order. Getting your finances in order will free you up, friend, to listen and to give and to respond when you want to give above and beyond. I'm here to tell you, you cannot give God. You can't. You give it to the Lord first, and it will be blessed. Then you have to give it away if you want it to multiply. I want you to bow your heads with me this morning. Close your eyes. And I want you, I want you to ask the Holy Spirit what He's saying to you through this message. Just ask Him. The Holy Spirit wants to talk to you. Not through me, but directly to you. So ask ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, what are you saying to me through this message? And then listen. Listen. Thanks again for joining us. If you want to join us on Sunday, we meet at 10.30 a.m. right next to Wilson Central High School. Or check us out online at connectchurchtn.com. Thanks so much and have a blessed day.